Hello everyone, welcome to episode 1012 of Cold Wave Soundcheck. I'm Aaron Pollock. Cold Waves 10 is the biggest show yet, taking place September 22nd through the 25th at Metro, Smart Bar, Riviera Theater, and La Nocturne. Cold Waves is a celebration of Chicago's relationship with industrial music, the memory of a fallen brother, and a fundraiser for Darkest Before Dawn, a nonprofit providing resources and support for workers in the nightlife industry. For more information, including the full lineup and ticket links, head to coldwave.net. This week, we are chatting with Saturday Metro performers Adam and Sarah. This is Hex.
just finished up a, a short tour with rain and frontline assembly. Tell me, tell me about getting back out playing in front of human beings again. No more of these, uh, COVID virtual shows. <laughs> Those were rough. People in the other room are like, can you turn that off? I don't know what that is. Those were cool. I loved, I loved watching them. We played one of them. It was, it was cool. It was a cool Halloween show. It was hard though, man. That was a, that was a, that was a trip. I've been thinking back. I can't believe we did that. I can't believe other bands did that. Like, uh, Cold Wave Kids. Man, Code Orange. Code Orange. Their, their live was, was wild. Um, but yeah, it's great to be back out on the road. It's great to be back out seeing people face-to-face. Um, and luckily, that whole team was awesome. The, the Rain and, and Frontline Assembly team. It was a really smooth ship considering all that can happen on your first tour back from being stuck in COVID town, USA. Right. She cut her, her set short. I think it was only like 10, 15 minutes. It, it was some sort of illness. So I, I'm really looking forward to coming back to Chicago and getting the proper show. Oh, she blew us away. Um, I didn't know what to expect. All I just saw was the, the incredibly cool high production videos that she's done before. And uh, the, the live show lives up to that. She puts on oh, yeah. just she's a colossal performer. And uh, yeah, we got to play with her in Mesa, San Diego, Los Angeles and Vegas. And yeah, it was, um, it was great. She, she brought it every single time. Yeah. It was a high energy show. I, we're so excited that we're going to be opening for her direct support at uh, cold wave Chicago, because I don't know, it just fits really well together. If, if I had one person I could collaborate with right now, it would be rain. Absolutely. Um, I love what she's doing and the rest of the, the rest of the tour is great. I met John through a company called Lux Paws that saves kittens, and and Reese was awesome. Uh, the black metal vegan chef was on tour as well, doing some training stuff. Uh, it was just such a good group of people. Uh, the merch girl Brittany, she was fantastic. We're just super lucky to have uh, made such a good connection with Jason and Kelly and Georgia and the whole team. Yeah, Jason just he he knows what he's doing. It's it's really nice to ever be involved with anything he's working on because we just know it's going to get handled and it's going to be a, a good, strong, cool team that's easy to get along with. So we last spoke. Let's see, episode seven thirteen. I would say that's three years ago because ten minus seven is three, but I don't think the math works anymore because there is. A missing year. So anyway, I'll just say we last spoke four years ago. At the at the time, you had a couple tracks on Bandcamp. You were uh, you thought you found a label. I don't think it worked out. You were trying to figure out what to do with it. So so catch me up on the past couple of years because now you have you have your full length out, uh, Aether Abyss Void, which you put out last year. So tell me about the process of getting that together. I'm sure while you were working on that, you didn't think you were going to put that in, in the pandemic, but tell me about the decision to, you know, finally say, all right, it's time to get that out there. Well, the pandemic really did work for us to some degree because it allowed us a little bit extra time to really sit and, and take a look at what we were doing. We had a lot of different people's hands on the album at certain points and it eventually just went back to us. And we, um, we lost a big chunk of our hard drive at one point. There's a, um, that was kind of a fiasco, but uh, um, with enough kind of collection of all the different stuff that we had together, we were able to bring it back, re-record a bunch of stuff that sounded better than before, and uh, eventually had uh, Krishan 
from uh, Rotterzand, he's done aesthetic refraction, things like that. Uh, he ended up mastering our album. We actually mastered it at one point, but he did better. <laughs> so we're really happy with the way it sounded. That took us through most of uh, most of those four years. Um, we also rebuilt our studio, uh, and it forced us to reconceptualize the album and what we wanted out of the band. We reconceptualized the logo. We we really just we sort of went back to the drawing board. Uh, and it worked out. I'm glad that we didn't put it out on a label. I'm glad that we put it out ourselves because I think that's the kind of DIY push we needed to go with at that moment. Uh, we'd love to find a record label eventually. We'd love to get some help uh, reaching different audiences. We wanted to do a bunch of shows and then they got canceled uh, right when COVID hit. So right. yeah, we had a San Diego show booked and all that. Mm -hmm. We, we also, uh, played a couple other festivals. One was Terminus in Calgary over those four years. And we came up with a lot of new writing ideas. Yeah. Playing live is really good if you're writing an album by not only just testing the songs to see what they sound like live for, you know, the future shows, but if you're still actually producing it, things will change a whole lot when you're actually playing live and finding little cool tricks that you could do with the song. So we are in September and we're thinking, okay, we have the album, it's mixed, it's mastered, like it's done. We've, we've finished this. What do we do now? What do we do with this album? How do we get it out to people? Should we keep waiting to see if we can get it on a certain label that we really were shooting for? But the problem with COVID is that every label was backed up onboarding new artists. So even though labels were interested, there's nothing they could do because they already had backed up bands for year for like, I guess, two years that they weren't able to onboard uh, because COVID was happening. So we just decided, you know what? I think we've all waited long enough. <laughs> I think it's time to just get out before the end of the year. So we kind of just squished it under the radar. Yeah, barely made some of those last you know, month of the year. Uh, what do they call it? The Spotify tracks. Yeah, like the the year revisits. Best of kind of yeah. things, yeah. Yeah, and then since we spent so long reconceptualizing everything, our next question was, who else could reconceptualize everything that we've just created? So as soon as the album came out, we started thinking of our friends in bands that we like and respect and decided we wanted to do a remix album as well uh, and push that out before we got on the tour with Rain and Frontline Assembly. So we got our friends Morris Black, uh, Choke Chain, Crew Lies, Clack, uh, Adam did a remix as well, and then Locked Girl did a remix. Um, and we're super happy with them. They're getting some club play. So that's pretty much brought us all the way up to this moment uh, with a cat on my lap in our studio. <laughs> I'm looking at the, the, the names of the tracks on the album. And, you know, it, there's the nice bookends of Divine Feminine and Divine Masculine. And Sarah, I know you go by Baby Magic, and I noticed that there's a track on there, Sex Magic. Is this a magic theme happening here? What What's going on here? There's definitely a theme for sure. 
it's a theme we stick with heavily through the album. The album was actually written on a concept album of uh, taking spells and energies and moving them around. Um, so in layman's terms, deep thought and movement of energy is always going to be a really big part of our band and our process. But uh, I think this this album speaks for itself. It's also a really big part of my life personally. That's why I chose the moniker Baby Magic. It's always been floating around Adam and I's lives, and we decided to honor it in a way that we thought would live forever. And now we've done that. So now we're looking at where else we can go and what else we can do with this concept.
So I know you you haven't had much of a chance yet to actually play this album live beyond what already existed pre-pandemic with, with a couple shows. But have you spent any of the downtime thinking about the next release yet, or is it too early for that? Well, right before we actually started working with uh, the short list of different people that we wanted to have remixes, we actually already started the next EP. So we actually have a good amount of content ready. But yeah, we're actually still working on some new material. And that's, uh, that's also to say, if we if it's what we want to put out, we're also not really stopping ourselves from writing material and then putting it in like a vault and revisiting it in a few months to see what direction we've moved. And we've been coming up with some weird stuff. I'm pretty excited about it. Weird's definitely the way to put it. <laughs> I'm really excited about how weird it sounds. With one album, I don't think you have to worry about as much about expectations. And then I think once two or three albums come out, there's always going to be those fans that say, this is too different than what I'm used to hearing, or this is too similar to what I've been hearing. So yeah, in, enjoy, I would say enjoy the, uh, <laughs> the, the freedom to experiment while you can without, you know, everyone who has a platform and an opinion willing to share it in ways that they would probably not say to anyone's face. Right. I, there's a lot of fans that are always going to say, oh, I like their old material, but I don't want to be put in a box. Sarah doesn't want to be put in a box. I don't, I don't want to be in a box. No? Right. No, I... I double check. There's just, there's so much that can be done, and we, we really want to move past what we've created now and take it to a whole nother place. Um, maybe a little more dancey, maybe a little more dance focused uh, for the next EP, but still really loud, still really ethereal. And uh, luckily we've had a great uh, relationship with Novation and uh, Christian, shout out to Christian from Novation, who uh, has given us a bunch of synths and a bunch of different ways to uh, write music so we've been sitting here just coming up with idea after idea and it's pretty refreshing after uh all those stagnant days of covid's past yeah we're not going to stray too far it's it's still going to be hard it's still going to be cool it's still going to be magical influence um we're not going to write an ad yet album or anything like that no that's you sterling that's silver sterling silicon yeah, yeah. That's yeah. You. i got my own weird uh, new age freaky chill stuff. There's a place for everything over yeah. here. That goes there, though. I'm not going <laughs> to Over here at Hexcorp. Uh, no, I'll, I'll leave that where it needs to be. Sarah, you mentioned that you're going to be um, DJing as Baby Magic at um, Smart Bar. Uh, so if anyone's not familiar, tell us a little bit of what to expect from your set. I've been DJing in a lot of different places. Recently, I've been moving out of, I used to DJ for Cloak and Dagger, so that was very much like goth, uh, darker music. I know there was a Cloak and Dagger in Chicago for a hot second uh, with Craig, who I love. Um, but yeah, it's it, that's, that's where the roots come from. And moving out from there, uh, I entered the techno scene, the after hours warehouse scene, and from there, the EDM scene, um, so I have a lot of different uh, different directions to go, but this set is going to be different than all of those sets because we're playing with uh, 
Orphix, which is just really vamping groove electronics. And then also uh, Patrick from Front 242. Uh, I DJed the Front 242 show in LA and it was great. Had a, it was such a good lineup and they're so good live. Uh, so it's exciting to get to DJ with them again. Uh, but I'm going to be throwing a lot of moody electronic minimal techno. Um, and I'm really excited because this might actually be the last Baby Magic uh, DJ set ever. I am moving away from the moniker. I'm moving away from Baby Magic. It has had a place and a moment, and I'm excited to see uh, what I can do next. Uh, I know you touched on it briefly, but I found Cloak and Dagger to be fascinating. I don't know if there was one anywhere near me. I, I don't remember ever hearing about it, but for anyone who doesn't know what that is, it, it sounds like something straight out of a, you know, a, a movie where there's um, a dress code that I knew that was in there somewhere. And, you know, there's a lot of secrecy and people have membership cards to, I, I you know, I'm sure telling me about a secret club ruins it, but can you tell us a little bit about the mystery behind it? Yeah, it was all rather a uh, cloak and dagger. You could say, <laughs> um, you know, it was a concept. It was a it was a concept club uh, about taking different people from different places and putting them all in the same place for the love of uh, heavy, sexy, dark music. And a lot of good things came from that, and a lot of bad things came from that uh, because it is a club, and. As we know, uh, clubs are a little hard to control sometimes. People are hard to control. Uh, so unfortunately, it didn't end up going how we would have liked to. But at the same time, on a good night, you would see anyone from Marilyn Manson dancing to Diplo, dancing with so-and-so. And there were membership cards. There were secret rituals. There was a dress code. Um, it's very uh, eyes wide shut. Very eyes wide shut. But you know, it's it's hard to talk about now because of certain allegations that came out. But it was a time, and it was something I was proud of at the time because I didn't know what those allegations were. And it honestly, it really was. It really was like a eyes wide shut movie. <laughs> it really was, and. And, you know, that's to go into a lot of different areas. And in L.A., unfortunately, the club scene was oversaturated with uh, not the best people sometimes. Uh, and, and I know that's happened in Chicago. I know it happens everywhere. But it seems like the scene is standing up against that now all over the U.S. Uh, that's another thing I love about the dark and industrial scene, uh, like you have groups like Sounds and Shadows and, and everyone looks out for each other uh, and we call out bad behavior when we see it um, because it's our scene, it's our community, you know, and we are what makes that scene thrive. I'm, I'm just a DJ. I just, if it wasn't for everyone coming and making the nights what they were, it wouldn't be anything. I'm literally just behind the curtain <laughs> like it's everyone else that makes the night fun so 
put on your fun pants for Friday, September 23rd at Smart Bar <laughs> because we're going to dance and we're going to have a really good time. Just another big thanks to Jason and the Gold Wave family for uh, bringing us in. Kelly Novak saw us uh, back in 2017 and immediately told us that Jamie Duffy would have really loved us. So if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be here. And if it wasn't for Jamie, we wouldn't be having this interview. So thank you. Thank you, Gold Wave's family, for accepting these two little weirdo gothy thingies. Right, and we're really happy to be included in that. It's a really cool community.
On this episode, you heard Feast for Death, the Locked Girl remix of Leviathan, and Daggers. Hex can be found at hex.bandcamp.com. Our opening music is Euthanasia by Accumination. Our closing music is Messiah by Splinter Group. Subscribe to the show on Spotify, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcast app. Join us next week as we chat with Cyanotic. Our closing segment each week is dedicated to the inspiration for Cold Waves, Jamie Duffy. Here is Sarah and Adam again, sharing their connection to Jamie. Just another big thanks to Jason and the Cold Wave family for uh, bringing us in. Kelly Novak saw us uh, back in 2017 and immediately told us that Jamie Duffy would have really loved us. So if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't we wouldn't be here. And if it wasn't for Jamie, we wouldn't be having this interview. So thank you. Thank you, Cold Waves family, for accepting these two little weirdo gothy thingies. Right. And we're really happy to be included in that. It's a really cool community.